good evening and welcome to Mountain Bears. I'm Ace tonight, and of course, with tonight is the thank you with Moses Tech Joe. How are you, darling? I'm doing well. How about you? Oh, I'm definitely well. stopped. I'm definitely stopped. Yeah, it gets busy. It was a good Thanksgiving. We, we gobble, gobble till we wobble, wobble. Yep. Mm. Oh, so what you got going on? No, I don't know. I, like, there's a few things I want to talk about. Um, okay. One of them I don't think I'm ready to talk about because I'm still trying to figure it out. Okay. Um, That's fair enough. You know, and that is because of the, like, I've stumbled on it, and it's like, this is fucking wild. But <laughs> um, there is a case in Idaho, not Idaho, but Illinois, called okay. the Delphi Murders. Two mm -hmm. teenagers murdered. But this judge is off the hook. Like, the case is fucking insane. There's been leaks. Someone killed themselves after... They were found out they were leaking information. Um, and it's like, huh? That that sounds like it is all over the map. It is. I mean, it's all over the map. She forced the um, attorneys that filed a 1,500-page brief to resign. Okay. Um. And now they're having to bring it up. Um, but no, it's interesting because the defense is that, you know, this it, they, of course, didn't do it. But that this was an Odinistic ritual. And I, I, I can see where it's at. Meaning, yeah, you know, I can see where you get that from. Looks like Odin, smells like Odin, tastes like Odin, must yeah. be. Well... Okay. That, but also, you know, one guy is set, slices two people's throats, positions the bodies. There's no blood on the scene other than Fehu on a tree. Um, it's just like, are you kidding me? Like, they went through a lot of effort. Yes. Okay. Um, so, Devin says that's still in court? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently it is. Yep, that is still in court. We're waiting for the uh, Supreme Court of Illinois to decide if they're going to recuse the judge, um, if they're going to um, um if they're going to you know what they're going to do about it okay. because the guy wants the defense attorneys not the public defenders the second set of public defenders mm -hmm. um to represent him in the case and the judge is just like sorry can't do that can't allow that to happen wait i'm sorry the guy wants what now the guy wants the original set of attorneys. Okay, so so what actually did happen with the original set of attorneys? Like the judge just got mad because they wrote a really long legal mm -hmm. filing. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, did what were were there you know uh, length requirements that they they 
I don't know. Like, that seems yeah. kind of capricious. Well, it's more than capricious. It's just like, what? I mean, I can kind of understand a judge not wanting to go read the dictionary and who, who very validly thinks that might have been over the right. Um, But at the same time, I, yeah. I, I think you could do different things than remove them. Right. To, to address that, you know, like you won't do that again. And I expect a summary by this afternoon. Right. Um, so get your crap together. Like well, I'm not reading this. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not reading this telephone book. Well, I can understand that, but you know, they've put a lot of work into this case and you know, like the runes are there, like I can change it together, but this guy has lost half his body weight in prison not jail he's not being kept in jail he's being kept in prison in solitary confinement okay so yeah. it sounds like that area does not take kindly to anything that looks like it is occult well th that's the weird thing his guards are wearing odinistic patches on him okay as in do the guards know that's what they're doing or yeah <laughs> They know it. They've already been, according to the affidavits, they're Odinist. Okay, but so why or how has he ended up in solitary? Is this because of his behavior, judge's orders? Like... Judge's orders for safekeeping. Okay, so the, the judge has definitely gone a little heavy-handed. Oh, she's gone all over the place. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I'm just trying to to before we we you know just sit here and and trash the judge in this like right. that's a little heavy handed, yeah. Um, you know, build that case, but it, right. like that, I think we could all agree might be a little heavy handed, right? Um, but then again, without knowing the full details of the case, like. Like, it sounds like the judge is making uh, almost <laughs> a statement in the case that she believes this man to be insane. Well, and dangerous others. In the case that she is not going to allow him to have a defense. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a problem. Right. You know, she's hoping, you know, that, you know, because they were set to go January 24th uh -huh. um, to trial. They file this brief. She calls him into calls them into her chambers, which nothing should ever be done in chambers other than like, can you be there on Thursday? No, I can't be there on Thursday. How about next Friday? That works. That type of thing. Well, there's some argument there. There, there's a fair number of things that can happen in judges' chambers. Now, is this the one you were listening to, and everyone got mad because like they asked for a court reporter, and then she was like, nope. Yeah. Okay, like yeah. I remember like she had refused to release the transcript. She is like the Supreme Court had to order her to give them a transcript of that meeting. Oh, yeah, this isn't going well. Um, not for her. Well, not um, for her, but at the same time, it's like watching some of the shit that's occurring. I am like, like even if you get like it. Hell. Smells like a smell. Smells like a smell. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. 
Well, but still, I'm sitting here going, even if he did it, and they literally had video footage of him doing it, mm -hmm. it's sort of like she's doing so much to this case. Right. That, like, he's going to end up walking. Walking, dying, he's, that's debatable. Well, it, from a perspective of, like, she, she ju justice, like, this is such a, becoming a miscarriage of justice. Right. That, like, you're, you're denying him due process, you're denying him a defense, you're denying, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're acting covertly. Right. You know, you're, you're sub subverting the legal system as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're adding cruel and unusual, you know, punishment before he, he's even fully had his day in court. Right. In terms of how you're incarcerating him. Right. Um, I, <laughs> at some point, I, I think he, he, even as the judge in the situation that's, you know, sitting here so adamantly in belief that this is the right thing to do. I would still think you would have to step back and go, this is, this is bad. Well, like this would, isn't going well. You would think that you would have to step back. You would think because she should not be able to choose his lawyer. Well, and more to the point, what kind of lawyers did she choose? Are, are these lawyers that she, that are frequently in her court? Are these lawyers that she knows not to be all that great? Basically, these are the lawyers are standard public defenders. You know, okay. they're there to negotiate a deal. Okay. So Not the ones that, she ha that he has, it's like we ain't going in for a deal. We ain't doing shit. Okay. So she was hoping this would all plead out and rubber right. stamp it. She doesn't have to hear the details. Mm -hmm. He goes to prison. No one has a day in court. Right. Everyone agrees to what occurred. Right. <sighs> yeah, I don't think she set herself up very well in this. Well, I don't think she set herself up any very well in this. I don't think she set herself up at all in a good status. Well, yeah, and more to the point, it sounds like she's trying to help coerce him into pleading out. Right. Like, you know, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Like, yes. we, we will keep you in the worst possible conditions right. in an impossible-to-win situation mm -hmm. until you plea out. Right. You know, it's like she didn't issue a gag order until the defense had issued a public statement, but the prosecutors had released a um, probable cause statement Okay. Okay. So it's standard probable causes issued. So therefore, I can issue my commentary back mm -hmm. on what you know prosecution said as a defense lawyer. Yeah, she issued a gag order, and that and it didn't reach the office. Like she issued it, they'd already issued an undated press statement, and then. She had a dog order, and she was holding that against them. Somebody apparently walked into their conference room while visiting the office and took photos of, and those got released. 
I mean, it's one thing after another in this case, and it's just like, do what? Okay. Now, was the the photos that were released was that from the defense's office or the yes. uh, prosecutors? Okay. The defense's office. So they've got everything boarded out, and you know all the images on display of the crime scene, and you know, right. All all the dirty, ugly photos. Right. And someone just walked in and went chick. Exactly. Oh, I. I mean, now, was that the per first set of defenders or the second set? First set. Okay. So, I I'm starting to see some reasons why she's not happy. Right. Argumentatively, not happy. Like, you know, you, you defied a gag order, but technically you did your action before the gag order well, was the received. Gag order so, you didn't know. Because the prosecutor's well, office dropping shit left and right. Right. Well, whether or not it was necessary, she issued it. She mm -hmm. expected compliance with it. Right. The uh, the unfortunate reality is, it sounds like the you know at least their claim is mm -hmm. we didn't get it till we had already sent out. Right. So there was nothing we could do. Right. Now. You could sit there and have a moment where it's like, did that, is that really the order of events or not? But, Again. okay. Mm. Mm. Um, and I certainly understand a judge being very unhappy. Right. About, you know, vivid photo uh, photos of the crime scene being publicly released. If that's something she does not feel is appropriate. Right. Well, um, it would be like, you know, we have, I have a board in here that I lay out coursework on, or I lay mm -hmm. out things that I need to get, the products that I'm developing. Someone mm -hmm. comes over for coffee. While they hear, you know, I'm getting coffee, whatever for them, they come up to my project board and take a picture of it. Right, but I would like to believe... Uh-huh. That if we were not just talking about what you're doing in your business, mm -hmm. but we're actually talking about, you know, very sensitive information. Right. Um, that, that we wouldn't have that in our living room. Right. That we would have that under lock and key, even if it is a conference room that has it all contained therein. Right. That we, we'd be pulling some blinds and locking some doors because... That's not really fit for public consumption. Well, it isn't, but at the same time, it's like we have anybody's office has stuff out on it, casework, whatever. Mm -hmm. And someone drops by, it happens all the time. It, you know, you can't have that secured environment for every moment of your day. Mm -hmm. Well, in certain instances, yes. Um, yeah. I, I, I know it bugs you to no end, but there, there are reasons that I end up locking my computer all the time. And some of it's reflexive mm -hmm. because I worked for a company in which we had payment card information, right. we had routing and account number information. I had some pretty significant system access. Right. And um, it doesn't, let me clarify one statement. It doesn't bug me until you've left your music on. I know, right? <laughs> At that point, it's like, either give me the lock code or be responsible. 
Well, you can also just reach over and turn off my speakers, and that's fine, too. Sure. Like, I can find where the hell they are on that mechanical system. They're under the shelf. You only have to find the one on, on one side. It has the little switchy. Uh-huh. Um, and you can hit mute on my keyboard. Um, Depending on how you've locked the computer, dear. Okay. Um, but regardless, um, yeah. I, I know that for a lot of businesses, there isn't often, and, and I, I part of me would hope that, that somewhere in your legal training, right, um, they would really start to drill in. Like somewhere between college and your first, like, you know, internship, whatever, it would drill in, lock it down. Well, see, I would think that it would be possibly, but, you know, we're talking about lawyers that have been in the game. One of them is only like four of the attorneys that can hear this case, that can represent him in this case in the state. Um, But it's, you know, things have changed. Everyone's got cameras. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a cell phone. Every, you know, things have majorly changed because 30 years ago, you can just close the vanilla folder on your desk and walk away. Mm-hmm. Or if you're working out a case and you're preparing a defense and you're trying to go through what, you know, is supposed to have gone on versus what the pictures show and you're going, that ain't right. That ain't right. That, that looks familiar. Why does that look familiar? Well, mm-hmm. look, I've got to go and grab a research book, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not fluent in rooms. You know, um, but now I think they're... <sighs> At the same time, though, it honestly should be easier. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would think that more and more, and granted, the legal profession is not known for jumping on technology. They really right. love printed materials. Right. Like feel it, touch it, hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, versus their electronic documents and electronic storage, and it's kind of like a bane of their existence. Right. But I would think we would be starting to move more and more towards a digital case file that, like, put it put put it behind a screensaver. Well, you Locker. know that would be nice, but unfortunately, our prosecution and our judges system hasn't gotten there yet. I mean, they're getting there. It's a lot better than it was, like, you know, ten right. or fifteen years ago. Um, but you, you no, you're absolutely right. A lot of it is still very much a paper system. Like, right. well, it's printed. It ain't real. Right. Um, you know, can I touch it? Can I taste it? Can I smell it? Can I feel it? Right. Um, and, and that's just talking about, you know, legal briefings. Right. It's not real till you can touch it, feel mm-hmm. it, do all the things to it. Um, but I really would... And I'm sure it will at some future point. And like, I kind of foresee that being one of the uses of like the VR systems Mm -hmm. is creating digital spaces to interact with evidence and cases. Mm -hmm. Like, so that it is something that you can sit there and spread it all out. Right behind goggles right no one else can see what you're doing right um but you can still in a sense touch it and move it and feel it enlarge it you know push it away pull it back 
um, and work with it in a sense that feels more real mm -hmm. um, than just scrolling images on a computer. Right. Um, I, I kind of foresee that as, you know, it, like combine that with like some 3D modeling of mm -hmm. behind scenes and, you know, everything that's going on. And I think you start to to get an understanding right. that all of this could be very useful. Like, you know, it, it's we, we're long past the, the poster boards. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I kind of see, you know, justice moving in a technological direction. Right. Um, it's just true, not there yet. Right. Um, so yeah, but it does bring up some massive questions about why are we so lax on security? Right. And, and making sure that like, okay, mm -hmm. we understand this is the process, but right. you, you can't just treat that like it's, you know, funny cat memes in a, you know, office cubicle. Right. Like this, this can be some very sensitive and damaging and opinion shattering, you know, stuff. Right. That, you know, or, or more importantly, things that, you know, are generally seen as not fit for public consumption. That the, the, right. the public's interest in the case and the sensitive nature of the content. Mm hmm don't it, like it doesn't outweigh like the, the public can see it all they want to see it all they want to it's inappropriate well um, and but what's being inappropriate is this judge like well functionally yes yeah okay so we have the judge that's totally inappropriate then we have a prosecutor that's leaking out information about this case like i don't know a strainer Oh, so basically, they they have all the the airtightness of a sieve. Exactly. Um. So yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um. <laughs> so what is it that, like? And is it more so they think the prosecutor's doing it? It at least has to be out of the prosecutor's office, or like dead to rights, they have caught the prosecutor literally. The, Here you go. The press had information on the arrest before the defendants did. Great. So yeah, someone someone at least out of that office is dropping dimes. Right. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah, that's that's not a good look. No. Nah. Like that, that calls into question, you know, how, how professional are you behaving? Right. Oh, yeah. This sounds like a, a total clusterfuck of a case where all the parties are wrong. Right. Um, and, and it ultimately asks the question, can you get a fair trial when it sounds like every single person? Mm-hmm has a malfunction well it's just the judge especially the judge, the judge especially. especially but what's weird about this case is now she's having medical issues okay so are we going with that's convenient or are we going with yeah. that's unfortunate we're going with everything else what 
that it's unfortunate on top of everything else. Like it's right. shit cherry on top of those shit icing on the shit cake. Right. Okay. The person they found that was leaking information committed suicide. The judge is making weird and, you know, all doing things, what the fuck ever. Okay. Oh, so is there suspicion that her medical condition is contributing to her behavior? It's an ace in suspicion that someone's got a cauldron boiling over there with a lot of swamp water in it. Well, that's just because Odin was involved. Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. Not just that, but okay. All like this information. Start in the occult, you just go with the occult being part of it. Setting back, looking at it from the non occult view, this case is off the hook. Like, we have oh, yeah. lawyers that fucking know their shit. Not only all your chick, um, uh, Harvard Law Lee are going, What the fuck? You can't do that. That's not allowed. What the hell did she just say to them? That's against this, the, the 14th, the 7th, the sixth constitutional amendments like judges should know this they know this they can't do this so we got that going down yeah so all the legal opinionists are blowing a gasket because right. it's like you can't do that right um now this close in the question is she a judge as people would normally think of her being a judge Yes. Or is she more what we would call in West Virginia a magistrate? No, she is Which a judge. She is a former prosecutor. Okay. okay. I, I question what her reputation was. Well, apparently up until now, it was a very good one. Okay, so she she is spontaneously somewhere around this case, or at least this case is highlighting it. Yeah. Um, has gone off the rails. Off the rails with the train basket. Okay. Yeah. We have someone that, you know, it's common. Some information gets leaked. The police go and question them. And then suddenly they are within that night um, deleting themselves with a gun in the mouth. That, well, okay. Um, that shows a lot of guilt. And and potentially that they may have been coerced into a situation they didn't want to be in. Right. Like okay. either someone knew something about them and blackmailed them to get that information. Mm -hmm. Or th this was potentially a first time thing. Right. And they were totally consumed by guilt over it. And right. could not handle the reputation hit possibly okay so. then we have this gentleman who should be in a jail you don't go to prison until you are convicted you go to a county jail you know whatever while you await sentencing he's shipped to solitary confinement and he's being guarded half his guard crew are all odinist professed Patch wearing Odinist. Okay, see, now I have a series of questions here. Okay. Okay, first of all, is this, uh, uh, like, because, like, with West Virginia, like, and, and across the country, we see this, is our, our, our incarceration, you know, prison or jail, mm -hmm. there's a lot of overcrowding. Right. 
um, and a lot of problems with staffing, a lot of problems with, you know, just problems. There's mm -hmm. problems. Um, is some of that coming into play here? Like they couldn't properly house him in jail. They weren't sure they could, you know, assure his safety. No, we've got a jail. They've got a jail there. And the sheriff has said, bring him back here. We can keep him here. We don't have, like, there's not a problem. There's, there's not a problem. Can't be housed here. Right. The judge okay. ordered him there. All right. So now we go over to the prison side, and, and I, I know you're really fixated. Um, mm -hmm. Is it that these are the only, like, strangely, the, the like, the strange places you, you, I don't know, never think about finding Odinus. Prison seems like one somehow. I don't know why. Um, oh, no, there's a lot of them. I, you know, but okay, cool. Um, is it potentially that given the case that these are like they, they have literally had a staffing revolt of like only the Odinists will touch him? Like they will, are the only ones that will go near him? Like they are, we don't know. Out, okay. we don't know. All right, so that's part of the unknown. Yeah, that's part of the unknown. The defense is going, oh, crap, so this is, you know, this is possibly racially motivated Odinist behavior because Odinists, part of the, the part of them have been took over by white supremacists. Uh-huh. So there's a racial component to the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so that leads me to another question is, um, is there a racial component to the courtroom? As in, it, is the judge identifying potentially with the victim or just totally rejecting association with the defendant? I don't know. It can't, you know, it, if it looks like to me this judge is not normally a hanging judge. Okay, but this, this seems to hit weird. Yeah. Okay. And again, weird. not knowing what you know, conflicts medically might be occurring. Mm -hmm. um, but I was sitting here having a moment is sometimes like, it's weird. Sometimes you can see racially identifying with a victim mm -hmm. against a uh, defendant. Right. In which it's, you know, sort of, you know, to, to just shortcut it. Black judge, black defense, uh, black victim, uh -huh. white perpetrator. Sometimes right. you get a, a little bit of a, you know, it, it hits home too close. Right. Um, but also sometimes you can see, and and I'm sure many of us experience the, you know, that kind of moment of like, I am a white guy. I am not that fucked up white guy. Right. <laughs> you know, like, can I put, you know, how much, how much, how many miles right. between like the, the white supremacist and I can I put? Right. You know, like, I, I, I don't want to, mm -mm, no, I'm disgusted by your ideology. I cannot. Mm -mm. Right. Um, and, and sometimes that can become its own thing. thing. In which there, there's an inability, in even though there's supposed to be an ability, right? Inability to separate oneself out of the case and, and let the case be the case mm -hmm. without filling, you know, prejudice against the people right. involved. 
Oh, I was just going to say, uh, says Devin, I was just going to say half of Odinists in prison are white supremacists. Right. But this so, is not just the prisoners. This is the guards. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. This this is a very strange one. This was a very complicated one. This is one that I'm like, I smell a cauldron. Well, either a cauldron or a lot of things are going wrong. Like, really yeah. wrong that should never, ever, really at all, ever happen. Yeah. Like, some of them do happen, and typically it's, it's, it's kind of a, it would be a quick thing for, you know, a, a the the people associated with the behaviors to recognize the problem right and be like i'm out right like i cannot conduct myself professionally in this situation right i have been in a situation in which my conduct is less than professional or that of my office is less than professional mm -hmm. And I don't want to see this man end up going free, for instance, from public defender side or from the right. uh, uh, prosecutor side. I don't want to see this person walk free because of our behavior. Right. So we're out. Yeah. Or public defenders that are like, we're not very good at this. This is out of our, uh, our scope. Right. We, we, we we're not built for this. You know. Oh, really? Oh, come on. Um, yeah. So the 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 uh, suspect mm -hmm. is an Odinist. No, he is not. No, no, he is not an Odinist. Oh, just as I thought, I had who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. Right. Okay. So back up. So the killing. Mm -hmm. the, the 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 crime mm -hmm. has extreme Odinist tone. Yes. The incarceration situation involves prison and prison guards and solitary mm -hmm. with Odinist guards. Right. Nothing about the the suspect involves Odinists. Nothing about the suspect, other than possibly being abused by Odinist, involves Odinist. So there's even a potential that this is just the, the, the patsy for the crime. That's the potential. Oh, shit. Like, just as you think there isn't one more shoot or ladder this case can go down. Right. Okay, thanks. Good catch, Devin. I wasn't, I, like, I just locked in and went, okay, 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 got it, got it, got it, got it. It didn't even occur to me to ask, mm -hmm. is the suspect an Odinist right. by practice and association and knowledge? And, right. You know, is he commonly known as? Right. Um, no, it's, it's yeah, yeah, Jevin's with me. Like, oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. There's no, something. that's what caught my attention. He is not an Odinist. <laughs> So now I have questions about everyone else. Is the judge known as an Odinist? Is the prosecutor known as an Odinist? Are the public defenders known as Odinist? Like the public defenders are not Odinist. Okay. Like clearly you know there's no possible association here. They're not commonly employed by Odinists. Right. Okay. You know. 
So we know that they aren't. That was part of the research that the person who took pictures of the pictures um, was doing was, you know, looking into the runic alphabet and exactly what the runes meant. Right. You know, and going. That's a Google search. Well, it isn't because one of the one of the runes is a bind rune, and I looked at it and knew what it was, but that's because I've seen the bind rune, um, and it's Hogala. The other one was Fehu that was in Blood on the Tree, and I'm not sure what the other one is because I didn't get a, they didn't have a clear representation of it. Okay. Okay, so Devin's comment is those guards are keeping him from talking. Those well, guards are from doing a lot of naturally. Do what now? Those guards are trying to kill him naturally. Again, doesn't sound like it's going well. No. Um, and, and yeah, there's there's a lot of problems here. Yeah. Because I, I mean, even if it's not the situation, I think you can make a sound legal argument that that this is starting to look like a setup. Yeah, that like there's there's a host of things. Yes, malfunctioning in this case. I I would start to wonder if if, if somewhere along the way, like, do, what, do you take the judge for medical testing to see if she's being poisoned? Well, she apparently <laughs> spent a stint in the hospital, and mm -hmm. is working from home. Why the rest of her attorneys the rest of the judges handle her cases um for the things she can't do from home um the ag has refused to represent her in front of the supreme court understandably okay so she has to go and find a lawyer herself mm -hmm. that will go in front of the supreme court and that isn't like just walking through the yellow pages Mm -mm. Um, you need a judge that defends, excuse me, you need an attorney that defends judges from, you know, questions of ethics and yeah. <laughs> judicial conduct. That's not really constitutional law. Yeah, yeah, you, you don't really pick up the, you know, phone book or drive past a billboard for those. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not just a lovely yellow section. It's like, have you as a judge been charged with a potential criminal act? Call 1-800. You're <laughs> fucked. Gavel bang. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's not a real number. Don't try to call it. Um, God only knows what that leads to. Exactly. Um, so we've got that going on. Okay. Looking at him, they have filed four motions to move him out of this solitary confinement prison. Uh -huh. um he has lost half his body weight in less than a year okay now i have a question uh-huh are we talking about like if i lost half my body weight i would be a little malnourished or are we talking about like well we'll plug eric here because he's a great example if he lost half his body weight he'd be dead okay Like, he would be skeletal. Can I get this picture by itself? No, that's 
links to a video. We normally don't show possible perpetrators. Fair enough, but in this instance, like, yeah. you, you kind of have to exhibit that one. Right. Like, if you're talking about a 400-pound person that has lost 200 pounds... Right. That's very uncomfortable. Right. Um, but it's not necessarily approaching, like, this is a deadly situation. I mean, it could... Um, but if you're talking about someone who was like 220 when they went in and now they're, you know, like 110, that's ridiculous. That That's closing in on death. Share screen. Here you go. Okay. Yeah, so so he was a fairly healthy guy. He's he's he as in healthy large mm-hmm. guy. Um and yeah, he's he's had some very significant weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um do, does it actually state the numbers? Um because I'm thinking he looks like he's about 170. Yeah, let's go to the original. But I don't have a height to compare that to. Right. Like, I'm assuming he's about 5'10". Right. That looks like about 170 at 5'10". Right. Um... Not giving numbers, but I'm gonna. They're saying half his body weight. So, if he is at like 150 at this point, he was 300. He was 300. Because I would estimate using grinder view, grinder view, that that one's about the shirt and purples at 300. Okay. Well, and again, I'm having to base this on photos that that aren't really giving me good height reference. Right. Well, you know, since he broke his foot in prison and was refused treatment. (laughs) Oh, God, another shooting ladder. Yeah. Okay. So now we're also refusing medical treatment. Yes. Okay. Nutrition is at least inadequate. Right. Though, now, there is an argument to be made that many people find prison nutrition inadequate. Well, that... Or their weight. Right. Like, a lot of... There's a fair number of people who are incarcerated that have massive weight loss. Right. But normally that weight loss also includes getting exercise, which he hasn't been. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's in solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot going wrong here. Yeah. Like, I... I I suspect this one, it, it, like... And here's the sad part. Is even if he did it, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, honestly, it's starting to, to look questionable if he even did it. Right. Um, but if he did it, Mm-hmm. I, 
there's a very high likelihood he is not going to serve time for the crime and is instead going to receive a giant check. Right. Oh, and that was the other thing, because they had filed tort claims. She didn't like that either. Mm -hmm. You have to file those at this point if you ever plan to... You have to file a a notice of tort claim. Mm Mm-hmm. If you even have the ability, you want to sue the state later for your treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, to some degree, why do you, why as a judge do you care? Like, I would think that would be a fairly common filing. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I, I you know, yeah. you, you can sit there and be cranky with, with the fact that, you know, public defenders will, ju- or, or any defense attorney, We'll kind of throw spaghetti at a wall to see what sticks. Right. Um, and, and I would think this would be fairly common. Right. To, you know, to at least, you know, put the bookmark in. Right. That, oh, there may have been mistreatment. Oh, there may be cause for this or that right. or, you know, whatever. And, and that most people, if you're a judge, you, you would have to, you know, be callous to that at this point. Right. Like, you've been on the bench a couple of years. You've tried, tried some cases. You, you've probably seen this one more than once. Right. Um, which, again, goes to how has she reacted to this in the past? Right. And, again, jumps back to what is her actual, you know, I don't want to sit here and say the words mental status. Right. Because that makes it sound like I'm calling this a mental health problem, and I don't think that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking she has a medical issue, mm-hmm. or potentially, a, you know, exposure to something, right? Um, that's interfering with her um, her faculties mm-hmm. um, and her ability to make good judgment and to be from what it sounds like was was a fairly reasonable judge right in the past up to this point mm-hmm. um so so what's what's the malfunction here right um because this this seems like good judge gone bad for no obvious reason right that that sounds like a judge that would ordinarily be looking at a prosecutor going what the fuck is this right why why are you here you you don't what what is going on yeah like you know i mean like i'm getting that feel of it is that like this isn't a judge that that one would describe as someone just out vigilanteing from a bench that they're they're ordinarily pretty even keel um which is always a good thing right so yeah All right, so that one will be interesting to follow. I will certainly right. fun, but I'm not having fun. Are you guys having fun? Because I'm not having fun. This this is a headache. It, well, it's going to be a headache. <laughs> like, it's just everywhere you turn in talking about this one, it gets worse. Right. <laughs> like, there's not one thing that gets better. Right. So, all righty. All righty. 
So ready to move on to Google. Yes, this is your techie news. Oh, all right. So Google will mass delete old Gmail and Photos content next week. Google will start deleting inactive photos and Gmail accounts next week on December 1st. This is a planned move that Google announced back in May with the company explaining that accounts that haven't been active for two years will face deletion. That includes wiping all content associated with an account, which could be Drive, Google Photos, and Docs files. In a post on its blog, the keyword, Google's VP of Product Management, uh, Ruth uh, Crescelli, explained that this is an, a necessary security measure. Mm-hmm. If an account has been used for an extended period of time, it is more likely to be compromised. This is because forgotten or unattended accounts often rely on old or reused passwords that may have been compromised, haven't had two-factor authentication set up, and received fewer security checks by the user. Our internal analysis shows abandoned accounts are at least 10 times less likely than active accounts to have two-step verification set up, meaning these accounts are often vulnerable, and once an account is compromised, it can be used for anything from identity theft to a vector for unwanted or even malicious content like spam. Um, As of 2019, Gmail had 1.5 billion global active users and is one of the most popular email services around. Because of that popularity and the ease of setting up an account, scammers have been known to target Gmail users. It also makes sense that Google will want to close dormant accounts to free up names and space. Google hasn't released any figures on how many accounts are classified as inactive, but considering the size of the user base, there could be a lot of free storage the company is uh, funding for accounts that aren't active. Right. All right, so then it goes into how to keep your account, which is just go log in, basically, and please set up your two-factor authentication and a good password and blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a touch contentious with with the premises in the in this article um i i think it will free up a lot of names uh potentially a lot of accounts but free up a lot of names um i don't know that those will necessarily have value for most users right um i do wonder if it's going to end up deleting content that would arguably have value to like families of deceased loved ones right that that maybe haven't been able to get into an account haven't had had the emotional stability to go through an account um and you i guess you could debate whether or not that might all come out in the wash um but as for content right and and the amount of space these accounts take, I don't know. Like that makes some assumptions there that I don't know that I, I necessarily agree with. Right. Because if you're an active user using your account, yes, you can end up taking up a lot of space really quickly. Um, but as for inactive accounts, dormant accounts, accounts of deceased loved ones, that, that, that kind of genre, Mm -hmm. yeah, some of those are like the deceased loved ones, um, have potential to have high content. Right. 
Um, but sometimes it, if you're talking about people who registered an account to do one thing and then walked away. Right. How much did you put in the account? Exactly. You know, how, how is this any bigger than like a sheet of paper? Right. But like, you example, know. Beltane Force, I have all the records in a Google account. I need to log into it because we've not used it, but I don't want to delete the records. Right. Understandable. Um, yeah. But no, I just, I, mm. mm hmm. But again, like, there's important information there, but is it necessarily massively space taking? Like, no. Like, not a floppy. Yeah, no, I can put it into the hard drive and it would whatever. Well, yeah, but I mean, functionally, there's right. probably about a floppy's worth of information, which is still a lot of data. Right. But, you know, in terms of like, you know, important emails and names and addresses and contacts and things like that. Mm -hmm. But that'll all fit on a floppy. Right. Um, you know, are but are like, did you save video there? Did you save a shit ton of photos? Did you, you know, most likely, but you know, I'll oh, log okay. into the drive and pull it down. The more important part right. is they're not sending out emails or making big notifications that this is occurring. No, no, they're not. So yeah, if you you might want to audit your accounts and make sure you're logging in mm -hmm. and complete verification steps. Right. So that you don't risk losing those accounts. Exactly. So. Alrighty. So let's rock into our you and asshole this week. All right. Wow. We're going quick. We are. All right. Am I the asshole for embarrassing my sister at my wedding? Edit. She asked for $10,000 for a single setting each of 30 minutes and more than $60,000 to become my lawyer properly. This becomes important. Um, so my 34 male sister, Candace, 36 female, is a defense attorney. She's good at it. And I had a case sometime back, which I asked her about. I wanted her to be my lawyer. But when I talked to her about it, she said, well, if you want my legal opinion, it would cost a couple of thousand dollars. And even more, if you'd like me to become your lawyer. I was shocked and asked her whether she's actually asking for money to help her own brother. She said that she doesn't care that I am one and that I'd have to fork over the cash if I want her to fight my case. I responded by saying that I'll find another lawyer. I have not talked to her since, or I had not talked to her since. I had my wedding with my wife, Patricia, 34 female, and she was invited. I was not keen on her coming because, uh, there because of what she had done, but my parents forced me to invite her, and so I did. I hardly talked to her throughout the proceedings, but afterwards, someone who knew about my case asked me about it. When I told him who my lawyer was, he asked me why I had not gotten Candace, his sister, in, uh, instead, as she's my sister. I said she wanted a lot of money and also asked me more than my lawyer did anyway. He was surprised and asked whether she had asked for money from me as I am her brother. And I said, well, yeah. So others around him heard that as well and asked her about it. She got mad at that and then began to justify what she had done. 
She took me aside to accuse me of embarrassing her and that I invited her to the wedding to try to ruin her reputation or something. I told her that I only said what was the truth, but she stormed off from the wedding after that. Am I the asshole? I... Mm. And so when we talk about asking for money, it was $10,000 for uh, each meeting of 30 minutes and then $60,000 to become his lawyer properly. That's what she asked for. Right. Um, which seems a bit steep. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've not had to retain an attorney or, or, or work with many attorneys. And quite frankly, my family was spoiled. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, that's a whole different story. Um, I also know that, you know, my sister and I have both had the conversation mm -hmm. that she doesn't work for free. All right. If you want her professional opinion, you'll pay for it. All right. Quite frankly, because she doesn't like going down the endless rabbit hole of being hit up by family for advice. Well, friends by, for advice, and sure. sometimes that, that gets a little overcomplicated and puts her in an awkward position where you're asking me for a professional opinion to which I can be held legally liable, mm -hmm. and, but you're not compensating me for that information or well, for that professional opinion. Right. Well, and here's the other part of this, because we've dealt with this. I have a rule. I don't read for family. If they want an appointment, they can book it. Yeah. That includes in-laws and sub-in-laws. Yeah. Yeah. Book an appointment. Book an appointment. Um, and, and from similar situations, you've been down some rabbit holes. Oh, honey, I get rabbit holes all the time. <laughs> well, no, I mean with family or, or extended family. Right. Um, that it, it's not just, we're not talking about like a reading here or there, or we're not talking about a couple of year. It's like, I can't function without calling you kind of readings. Right. So I'm going to call you three times a day to, to pull your cards and tell me what to do. Right. Which is like, okay, that's excessive. Right. Like, no, 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 this, this isn't, mm -mm, no, that's not how this works. You don't get Nancy Reagan level services here. Right. Uh, you know, like if you were, if you had legitimately been talking about, oh, we went down for Thanksgiving and he, you know, took his tarot deck and did a reading. Right. You'd be fine. Like right. if that were the holiday Thanksgiving tradition. Right. It would be cute and fun and, you know, whatever. And it's not a big deal. Exactly. But but to prevent that from becoming Nancy Reagan level services for the friends and family zero dollar discount. Right. Uh, no, we don't do that. Right. And so, yeah. So part of me understands that. This seems like it goes one step further. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I'm sorry. The $10,000 for a 30 minute meeting plus 60000 to become a lawyer. I'm stuck at, unless this was some really out there thing, 
in which there were a lot of professionals involved in handling it. Mm-hmm. And that that 30 minutes was representing a lot more than just her and her presence. I don't know. Look at Doc Huntress. Oh, sorry. Missed that one. Uh, so uh, so Dark Heights. Um, I had one lawyer I interned with who charged $10,000 just to listen to your issue and to advise you what your options were for a 30-minute meeting. And if you wanted him to represent you, it was $10,000 an hour plus expenses. Then you run into them getting pissed off if they don't like the outcome. Oh, I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, again, because that, like, when, when you're talking about $10,000 for 30 minute meetings just to hear about a case, right? And $10,000 an hour to work a case. Mm hmm. Plus expenses. Um, Throwing that kind of money at something, I I think you would have very high expectations. Right. Because, again, it seems, you know, like a very high rate. Right. Um, Now, if we extrapolate from that, the the $60,000 was, you know, was an assumption of six hours work. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, if you're doing it for family, that's a whole other mess. Um, and, and that's why I think maybe the the rates here, I don't know whether they're legitimate for the area and the kind of attorney and the kind of case and like that, like, is this situationally appropriate? Right. Or whether this is the fob off rate. Right. As in, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get anywhere near this. I do not want to be in this situation. Let me quote you a rate that if you're willing to pay it, I'll go through the emotional heartache. Right. But hopefully you'll do what any reasonable person does. Take one look at the rate, let your jaw hit the floor, and hopefully don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Right. Um... I, I, to be fully transparent, there's a couple of things in in my IT services Mm -hmm. that are priced at levels that I don't, because solely because I don't like doing them. I don't want to do them. Mm -hmm. Um, Very rarely does it come up, but I really, really hate doing them. Um, And they're priced at a, a price point where I hope if that situation comes up, you go find someone else. Right. No hard feelings, none whatsoever here. Right. Um, because I don't want to do that. Right. It sucks. It, yeah. it drains me. Yeah. Um. So, but if I'm going to do it, mm-hmm. oh, the rate for that is high. Exactly. Um. So again, I kind of uh, un- understand that one. Right. Um, so yeah, so going back to uh dark heights depends on the industry. Some lawyers charge that much per situation, or someone pays millions to keep the lawyer on retainer, and then they cover filing fees and expenses outside that, but it's unlimited hours, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of uh, sometimes you don't understand what you're paying for, and I get that, right? Like, just the, the way it's stated is I don't know exactly what that was paying for. Right. And we don't know if she was a 
normal lawyer or partnered lawyer you know where is her is law this, at is this a very specialized is this a very very specialized form of law practice that right. it's very technical or it's very you know not many people right. do this because it's messy and it's ugly and it's right. not easy right again i can kind of understand that right. um so so that's but that that kind of becomes situation one right um is you know i i can understand charging relatives for what you professionally do right and sometimes you have to right you know, there, there are some, you know, factors for being an attorney. And I think right. you do have to at least, at least charge something. Right. Um, to create that uh, attorney-client relationship. Right. Like, you can't just take advantage of your sister who's a lawyer and get all this, un, you know, unpaid legal advice mm -hmm. for free. Mm -hmm. Um because you, you didn't technically generate the relationship. Right. But the other thing that it is, and this is my other thing about this, we don't know what, if she's an independent or if she works for an office. Right. That that may be just a fixed part of her, you know, if, if she's working for a firm, that may just be the rate and she doesn't have any control over it. Exactly. It's like, bill you know, what I, bill what they do. I don't control King. They charge what they charge. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, you, you control a little bit of it. Like, there's a bare minimum floor, the least you can charge per minute. You have zero control over anything beyond that, like their connection fee or any other fees they right. charge. Like, yeah. you can't cut someone a deal on an individual basis. It's either you cut your rate for every single person. Mm-hmm. Or the right. best you got is here's a couple of free minutes. Right. Like I can do that. Right. Um, and even with that, you actually have to be careful because like there there have been some issues around people abusing the free minute system. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, Keen Keen did there's some things Keen doesn't like. Yeah. Keen like there's there's some patterns of free minutes that'll really get you in trouble. Yes. Because they don't ever want to see that again. Exactly. Um, yeah. So then there's the part of, so you were forced, which I think can happen, especially when you're talking about siblings and depending upon were your parents paying for the wedding, like who paid for the wedding, or were you just at that point of like, I'm done with wedding. I don't want any drama. I don't want to deal with this. Just mom and dad want my sister here. My sister's invited. Just everyone shut up. Right. I, like, there's a lot of stress in getting married. I exactly. Can, um. Again, haven't gotten married myself, but from everyone I know that has done it, it sounds like it is a stress ball from hell. So, no, really, no, honey, you just set the date, buy me the ring, and I'll handle the rest. Okay. It's already wrote up somewhere around, somewhere around here. Uh -huh. But more to the point. Maybe uh, take some writing lessons. All righty. So a fair number of people, though. Um, th this becomes an expectation that your family will be there, whether you are estranged or not. Parents get very persnickety. Everyone's at their wit's end. Mm-hmm. 
And eventually it just becomes invite everyone that anyone wants to bring. We don't care right. anymore. Just get this shit on the road. Right. Kind of sounds like what happened here was, was it worth it to argue to not have his sister there? Or was it just convenient to invite her and shut up? I think convenient to invite her and shut up. However, I think that he should not, you know, when the guy asked about the case, why don't you choose your sister? Well, I wanted someone to specialize in harassment. Or said nothing at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or fobbed him off with some version of, well, you know, I, I wasn't really sure that would, you know, be the best in this situation, given that she's my sister, and move the conversation along. Right. But I also have a moment there with understanding that, that there was animosity. He didn't want her there anyway. He's still upset about this situation. Right. And the fact that, like, he has been through the shit show gauntlet of a wedding. Right. Probably a little alcohol involved. Mm-hmm. I figure that's a safe assumption. If, if you're talking to other people and you're now moved into the portion of the evening of the reception, because mm-hmm. this is at the reception, in which you are now talking about things like a legal case that you have going on or had going on. I I figure you're a good few hours into the... (laughs) Right. You know, this isn't like I do, we present, talked about the case. I I don't think it's that. Right. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I think it's, we've, this has been a long day. Um, so I don't think what he said was, well, it clearly wasn't untrue. Right. Um, was it unkind? Very, very much so. Yeah. Um, did it need to be said? Absolutely not. Right. Um, was it intentional to embarrass her? I don't think so. Oh, I think so. Okay. Like, just how he paints it in his first statement just makes it seem like, oh, no, this was intentional. Like, anyone I'd ask now and tell him that she wants too fucking much. She's too expensive. I've heard it about myself. Okay, but is it untrue? Well, no, it's not untrue, but I do think, I don't think it is untrue, but at the same time, it's drawing conclusions. Well, but here's the thing, though. The the real question comes down to what she accused him of mm-hmm. was not just embarrassing her. Right. Which, understandably, that did occur. She was embarrassed by the situation and everyone right. talking about it and their opinions on it. Right. That's a given. I don't think it's fair to say that right. the sole reason mm-hmm. that he invited her to the wedding was to do this. No, I, I, I don't think that's true at all. She was invited to the wedding was because of the parents. I, right. however, feel the sole reason. Because um, he didn't bring it up. It was brought up to him. Yeah, but he went into more detail. Argumentatively, yes. He, he could have shut this down real quick. Exactly. And avoided saying 
right. what he did. Right. Again, I struggle here because I don't think anything he said was untrue. Right. I I don't know that it was the kindest thing to say, given, you know, this is a party and this is your wedding day and this is your sister. Like, I, I don't think it was kind. Um, right. I'm just still stuck on do we call him the asshole for it? And I think I have to go with yes. Yeah. You are the asshole. I would agree. All right. The poll is up. What do you think? Um, be sure to vote. And moving on to poly advice. All right. Gift ideas for the polycule. So I was sent a targeted ad for a necklace with options to customize a number of linked rings and names on them up to five different names. And I immediately thought that it would be a great gift for my hinge or for a kitchen table polyamory polycule in general. Is it too corny? Do you do group gifts at all or keep it separate? I've I've been solo poly for years, but I fell in love with someone who has a pretty large and long-term group of partners. I met a couple of my metas and like them, but I haven't met them all. A few live out of state. I think our hinge might appreciate the effort, but I'm not sure if it's too much. Navigating a group of metas is newish for me as it's been just me and my mostly unattached or also solely uh, uh, sole solo poly partners in the past god i'm struggling with that sentence um i think it's cute i think, I think if, if everyone's comfortable it's a great gift if some of the people in the polycule are not comfortable it's gonna live in a jewelry case yeah but at the same time i think it's a cute idea I, well, I think it's a cute gift idea from, like, the Hinge perspective. Right. I don't know that that's the best gift idea from a meta for everyone else perspective. Okay. I think that might be stepping in. Well, like, do you really plan on exchanging Christmas gifts? Or are you setting an expectation of something that the metas aren't expecting? Like, do they exchange Christmas gifts with metas? That's like, how, you know what I mean? Like, do, do you really want to, to start trying to figure out, like, what ring goes where? That's, that's what I think I fear most. Oh. Oh, that is cute. Yeah. Like, I think it would be sweet. So now, is this actually marketed as poly jewelry? Or is this like one of those mom gifts where you put all of her kids' names on it? Mm. Or is it both? Checking it out. Oh, it's 20. By the way, those that just saw that, that's 20% off. Ooh, nice. And what is 20%? What is the price at 20% off? No, I was looking at 25 a necklace. Oh, that's not horrible. Right. Like, although, if you're a meta not expecting to have to give Christmas gifts to a meta, I, I'd be a little pissed. 
I don't know about that. I kind of like one of them. Well, no, I, I think they're great. I'm just questioning, like, is that... Mm-hmm. I mean... Kitchen table polyamory is one thing. Right. I, is it... I mean, because we, we have a fair amount of that going on in a few different people that... that Mm-hmm. involved uh we've never exchanged christmas gifts on a meta level like no. I, I don't necessarily and uh, i don't think i i don't know if there's christmas gifts uh between you and some of them at all um minus the main household rarely yeah that's that's kind of what i was thinking but that but more to the point, from from meta, like in the household, meta to meta is one thing. Like, right. yeah, you're getting a Christmas gift. That's cool. Um, but outside of that, like I, and maybe it makes me a bastard, but I never even thought. Right. Send a I, Christmas card. Even I never thought. Well, granted, there's there's some issues with that as well. No, no, like overall in general thinking about it mm-hmm. the way they're describing it i think it would be good but i think it'd be a cute gift for the hinge oh yeah gorgeous gift for the hinge go for it um but from meta to meta yeah i don't know that i that that you want to do that right that might be too far right um and- because I mean, from a hinge perspective, that that is a gorgeous gift idea and a, and a lovely, lovely, lovely way mm-hmm. for them to have a you know a, a, a kind of a keepsake token memento of this moment in their relationship history. Right. Well, and but here's my thing with them. Mm-hmm. They're all interlinking. Mm-hmm. And that may not be true at all for the right. Book. Well, there's that. The other part is, what if Isabella's like, July and I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that, that's the downside. Um, right. If these were individual links, that would be a lot easier. Right. You know, if each name had its own circle mm-hmm. and, and potentially the ability to go to a jeweler and go, we need to snap that one off. Well, that or it, <laughs> I'm talking about without a pair of pliers. Okay. Okay. Um, polycules change. Yeah. Sometimes quickly so, because if that poly, like, and then what if one comes in and he gets a six or a seventh? That's the trouble because now he has a piece of jewelry that doesn't include everybody. Well, but then again, how many of us? Well, because I'll speak from a little experience on the parental side here. Mm-hmm. My mom had ornaments for Christmas, you know, talking about Christmas, you know, um, but had ornaments and, and, and there, there were family things that I wasn't alive for, right. Like, she created ornaments for all the kids. Right. She had four. Then she had five. Right. 
you know, some of the stuff happened like decades before I was born. Right. That she created this. Mm -hmm. Um, I like, I can't be angry about that. Like, I, I wasn't even a, like, I, I was not a, a, a future plan. I wasn't an idea that she had. Like, mm -hmm. there was there was no part of my mom that had malice that went, I will do this for four children, but fuck number five. Right. I, you know, like, he's, he's, you know, so I'm not sitting there looking at, like, you know, there, there were keychains they all had. There, there were Christmas ornaments that, that had all their names on them. And, and I wasn't part of that. Right. But that was because I wasn't part of that. Right. But. You know what I mean? Here's the the question. Mm -hmm. How would you feel if everybody had the same piece of jewelry? Again, I think I have to recognize that at the moment that occurred, I didn't exist. I get that. And that may be easier for me because truly that, that kind of covers like a lot of things in my life is that for my right. family... I didn't exist. I wasn't a plan. I wasn't the planned fifth child. I wasn't like mom sitting there going, I'm going to have four or five kids. Right. Like, I'm talking four about... like, holy shit, I'm done. Right. But no, I'm talking about in our polycule, <clears throat> everybody all had the same ring. Mm -hmm. That would be easier to extend out as the polycule changes and morphs and that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not, that, that would not like, like, I think that would be cool. I think that this is a very <laughs> great idea for a long-term kill. Well, here's my thing, though, is, and and maybe I'm, I'm a weird person, but how much is sentiment worth in bulk? Like, if you're going to Sam's Club to buy five rings, because that's where you get the best deal on five rings, uh, right. <laughs> you know, well, no, I'm much... not talking about just five rings. I'm talking about a custom ring mm -hmm. that is designed for the polycule. Mm -hmm. Like the scripted AFK. Or, okay. you know. And then you go back and like, hi, we added someone. We need right. another one made. Right. But then you have to start asking outside of the hinge. Uh-huh. Where's the other interlinks? Well, but no, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Outside of the hinge, how, what, what does this represent to the metas? Right. Do you want to belong to the Mickey Mouse Club is what I'm getting to. Do you want right. a secret magic decoder ring? Right. For, for the, the, that is all related to this one partner. Right that would be understandably special for them right to have that connection right but when you flip around does it really have the same kind of connection and special meaning mm -hmm. for each of the metas right you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it's kind of like and i'm i'm kind of jumping around here but it, it and maybe this isn't the point at all, but I, I think about like the mom rings. Right. The ones where you can get each of your kids' birthstones in them. Right. 
Okay, that's really special for your mom mm -hmm. to have a ring with each of her children's birthstones. That's the right. very cute, wonderful, special, melt your mother's heart gift. Or right. so, you know, every diamond company tells you. Or every jewelry company tells you. Right. Um, and, and a lot of women, like, this is the most precious thing. And yeah. um, would it have the same meaning to your siblings for them to also have a duplicate of that ring? I or think it, you um, go a little different? And it's like the hinge gets the one monster, like, pimp ring. Mm-hmm. Because, go with me here. Right. And then you recreate it with the single stone. Mm -hmm. And this is a for, for instance. But recreate it, but for the individual. Mm -hmm. Not for the collective. The collective right. is important to the hinge. Right. Like the collective is important to your mom. Right. But the individuals having a ring that is part of, mm -hmm. but not the same. Right. That that fundamentally, yes, everyone has the same ring, mm -hmm. with the hinge having the the pimp ring, uh, <laughs> because you're a pimp. Um, but you, I'm being facetious and trying to be funny. But each individual has a ring that has like their birthstone in mm -hmm. the scenario. That would have more meaning than to have a ring that has all my siblings' birthstones to me. Mm -hmm. you, you see what I'm saying? And I would think that I would have similar feeling on the meta side of it. Mm -hmm. Like I totally understand would be all there mm -hmm. for you having the, the mega collective ring. That mm -hmm. has everyone's stone on it or everyone's name on it. Right. But then I just want the ring that has your name on it. Right. Because all these other people, not to sound horrible. Right. But they're not exactly part of my relationship. Right. They're part of your relationship. And by proxy, I, you know, I do have a connection to them. But it's it's not the kind of connection I necessarily feel I need to, so to speak, carry with me mm -hmm. in like a piece of jewelry like a mother would. Right. Because that's not the connection we share. Right. Right. But what I'm saying and where I'm going with it is what if there was a polycule ring or a polycule bracelet, not with like personal engravement. Okay. Like this, like this OP is gone, but like everyone got the same ring. I again have to go back to how much is sentiment worth when you buy it in bulk. I, I think there's something kind of unique about honoring the individual connections. Mm-hmm. And not just, like, you're part of the club. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you know, because this was recently a Sister Wives big thing that the poly people watching Sister Wives went, oh, fuck. The other people probably thought, oh, it's just more drama. But Cody had exchanged out his, uh, the, the whole family, like, at every wedding, 
they got a um, Irish wedding band, a colada. Okay. Okay. He's now recently changed out his colada for a horse ring. And Robin is no longer wearing her colada. She's wearing a three or four karat diamond ring on an infinity band. Okay. But they didn't get Mary anything. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, see, now that's, like, if you've already, and, and I'm not saying there's a right or wrong. Right. I think me personally, like, no, I, 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 I'm, the, the Mickey Mouse Club Magic Decoder Ring mm -hmm. doesn't really spark me. Right. Um, but if you've done that, mm -hmm. um, then, yeah, it's very telling when that disappears and gets replaced with other jewelry. You've, you've made a very strong statement. Right. That you're done. Right. Um, or at least it should be taken that way. I don't know how else one would take it. Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, but what, what I'm, it, which is, you know, a very valid point there. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think though, from the beginning, I would have been like, I'm not really down for the magic decoder ring. Mm -hmm. Like I, 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 you know, it would be more about jewelry that's specific to us, uh -huh. not us, the collective, like right. if you as the hinge point mm -hmm. are interested in honoring th those multiple relationships with a ring that encapsulates all that. Right. Because quite frankly, after like three or four people, that's a lot of fucking rings. Wow. Like, let's be fair. That's a lot of rings. You may right. want to start looking at, okay, how can we streamline this just a tad so that literally you don't have pimp hand. True. Uh, <laughs> and you know, that's the situation we've gotten to. I mean, because classically you are the gold rings. Invisible is silver because he prefers silver. You bought the gold. You know, originally, yes. Yeah. You know. And I'm he like, it's in, huh? It is somewhere in this house. <laughs> I didn't lose it. It's just put up because, you know, someone got mad for a ring that was coated to get dough on it. You know. I think I'm valid in this. And it had less to do with that ring than it did some of your other ones. Right. Like, let me tell you, like, honey, I love you. Mm -hmm. Really, I do. But I was worried about a couple of your rings that, that have very either strong reliefs. Uh-huh. Um, because you wear a fair amount of jewelry generally. Right. Um, and especially at that point, um, that have really strong reliefs and or cutouts. Right. Because you were doing a lot of bread making at that point and having to knead dough and punch dough and do all the dough things. Mm -hmm. And you were getting a lot of, of, of yeast and dough and flour and, and everything because you, you didn't take them off. Right into those rings and i like there there were a couple of months i was or a couple of moments uh -huh. i was really horrified uh -huh. to look over like you're at an event 
And mm -hmm. I look over and there's a big old white chunk of dough in the middle of your ring. And it's like, oh, how did we not catch that? Yeah. Go take your ring off and wash it. <laughs> like, quick. Well, again, I like the idea. I just think that it needs to be separated. Like, he gets the five rings. Oh, yeah. And then all then the couples get you their get a ring. You, like if you did the 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 two names, right? And then did a five name for and, or a three end. name or however that that branch works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense, and I think that would be a wonderful gift. I but then that gets us back to the question: Is does that come from the meta? Mm -hmm. Or is that just a great idea for the hinge to do the across the board Christmas? I if it's their idea, it's their gift. Pardon? It's like you don't go shopping for Invisible's birthday present. Okay. Sometimes you help with Christmas, but you do. But your name's on it, right? I don't I think if Meta buys it, then Meta gives it as gifts. Well, but I'm going back to, to the level before that is is it an appropriate meta gift to do to to go buy all the necklaces mm -hmm. for this this polycule mm -hmm. and give them out as gifts, or is that going too far? Yeah, I think it depends on the level of communication. I think it has to go with what what kind of poly situation are you right. in? Right. Like, is gift giving reasonable in mm -hmm. your polycule, or are you starting some shit? Right. As in, now you've created an expectation of a gift where a gift didn't exist? Right. And so now someone's behind the eight ball and feels like next year they have to get you a gift. And mm -hmm. now they have to make up for both the first gift they weren't expecting right. and the second gift that they are now committed to buying. Right. I, I think sometimes you really have to talk about the holidays and, and especially in polycules. Right. And which I, to be honest, we never did. No. Not that we just kind of went with it where it made sense, right? You know, is that like okay if, if if functionally there there's a live together component, right? Then you get a gift like hi you're part of the household you get a gift, right? Um, if you're on Christmas there's stuff underneath your underneath the tree get over it. Yeah, if you're gonna be here on Christmas Eve there's stuff for you under the tree, right? And that's probably the best way to say it. Right. Um, if there's not a reasonable expectation, if it would be a total lightning bolt right. of randomness for you to be here on Christmas Eve, mm -hmm. there's not a gift for you under the tree. There will be something by morning. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Oh, which one of us sounds like Sheldon on Big Bang Theory? I don't want gifts because I don't want to owe you one. I, okay, fair. That's okay. That was talking about me. You're not wrong. Yeah. I, I get a little weird about gift giving. Yeah. Um, mostly because I like, I mostly because other people get weird about gift giving. Mm hmm. 
And it's like, I, I'm not walking around like Mr. Moneybag Santa Claus with a giant sack of gifts over my shoulder for everyone in town that I've ever talked to, ever. Like, mm -hmm. that's, that's not really me in the holidays. That's that's not that's not my plan. Right. Um, like, m my clients are lucky to get a card. Uh, <laughs> like that's where I'm at. Like if I if I if I can get them out, they get a card. If if I can get, they get a nice Facebook message. Right. Um, but other than that, mm -hmm. like I'm not walking around to my clients being like, "And you get a gift, and you get a gift." Like this ain't Oprah's favorite things. I like I don't make enough money for Oprah's favorite things. I cannot give you a car. Yeah. Um, if I could give anyone a car, it would be him. Um, so, you know, here's where we are, but I also can't take on the expense level. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean that legitimately to just right. go walking around handing right. out gifts like a crazy person. Right. I don't have that kind of money and nor do I want to try to put that on credit. Right. Um, so no, I don't like feeling like I owe people gifts, nor do I like creating that expectation in them. Mm -hmm. that you know i gave you a gift so now you owe me a gift mm -hmm. and it's like did you consent to the gift giving relationship right all right so let's go see if you're the asshole am i the asshole i think i'm the asshole Ooh, very close very close Ooh. Ooh. i didn't think there'd be contention on this one but okay <laughs> um 66 percent say you are the asshole. Ooh. And 33% say you're not. All right, all right. Interesting. And I, I so think it has to do with that last little bit of but did he intentionally right. do this? Right. Like the sole reason she was invited was for this. Correct. I think that might be where the point of contention is. Right. All right. All right. Enough. And hello, Invisible. Nice to see you joining the stream finally. And the devil child makes her appearance. <laughs> so with that, we want to say good night and we will see you see here. Sunday. Oh, Saturday. Tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see you for energy overview. Right. Yeah. Um, and that will be at 8 o'clock. And then, of course, we have Psychic the Plan since our monthly setup at 8 o'clock on the 26th. Yep. yep. It's And that's going to be the long show. We normally yeah. schedule those early, but we can't this, this time. Exactly. There's no hope. So it will be at 8, and we'll probably run to about 10. Yeah. All right. So take it away. All right, so of course we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Tracy Van, Caitlin Bell, and Devin. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you too can become a Patreon sponsor and receive all the wonderful benefits our baristas receive, please visit us at pcspnetwork.com. Yes, and with that, y'all, good night. Good night. <laughs>